Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Test, and it has to do with Christmas. An art contest that was held in a local school one Christmas season a few years ago in East Texas. And so one of the prize winners uh, was a picture drawn by a nine-year-old boy showing three men, the wise men, offering gifts to the baby Jesus in his manger. What made the picture unique is how the three wise men arrived. There was a fire truck on the side of the picture. And so the principal asked the boy about his decision to draw a, a truck, and the boy and his Heavy East Texas accent was quick to reply, well, the Bible says the wise men came from afar. <laughs> afar. Okay, somebody say, get to your notes. Yeah, okay. So this class, I really am looking forward to it. Uh, uh, It it is so important about what we know about God and uh, who we are in him. Uh, What we know about God and what we have through him is vitally important. In Hosea, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 6, he says, God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so when we know, for one, who God is, and we know who we are and what we have in Christ, we'll be able to do what he has called us to do and accomplish what he has purposed for us to do with our lives. Every one of us, uh, when we, every person has a plan that God has for their lives. They may not respond to it, but all of us have a, there's a plan of God for our lives. And some people don't respond to it. Some people reject it. But for those of us that you're here tonight, probably everybody here is a born again believer. And uh, God has a purpose in your life. And so to accomplish that, we have to know who we are in him, right? Now, uh, sometimes people think that uh, people like myself as a pastor, we like, you know, know everything about God. (laughs) Most of you have never thought that about me, huh? I I got it, But, but listen... As much as I have grown in my knowledge of God and his ways, his promises, and so on, I, uh, I'll never have it all down. Uh, there's not a man or woman, there's no one who this side of eternity is going to understand all truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 This is a great verse. This is one of those verses you may want to tuck away for a time to come. It's it's really a great verse. It says, Now we see things imperfectly as in a cloudy mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect 
clarity. He's talking about on the other side of eternity. And he says, all that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Now, that encourages me. This side, we, we will never understand everything there is to know about God because our, our minds are, are finite. We, we will not have perfect understanding this side of eternity, but we can grow in knowing. We should be growing in knowing, right? Uh, and see, that really is the exciting thing about the Christian life, is that we can grow in our understanding of who God is, who we are in Him, uh, and experience uh, not new revelation maybe, but uh, old revelation becomes new to us. What I mean by that is, is that God is always the same. There's, there are never going to be just... Uh, things here that God just does that uh, as far as our understanding of who, who God is, is always going to remain the same. But in our lives, we can get to know him better and better and know him more and more and who we are in him and what he has for us. And that's the exciting thing about living the Christian life. It's a life of discovery, right? Where we grow in knowing him. And, and you know, some of it is, I was thinking today, I uh, knew things that were preached to me when I first became a believer uh, oh, well over uh, almost five decades ago. That's a long time. And so there were things that I was taught that I thought, okay, well, I believe that about God. But some of those truths that I heard back then, now I, can't, I own in other words, I've experienced the reality of some of this. I believed it by faith, but there are, there are things about God that I just, that are uh, prayerfully rock solid in my life now. And that's the exciting thing about uh, the Christian life as we grow in knowing and, and uh, uh, getting to know truth. Now, just by way of introduction to this, and I like this, I want to let everybody know tonight the gospel is good news. We need good news, don't we? Uh, we get tired of hearing the bad news, and there's a lot of bad news in our world. There's so many, uh, I, I heard several things that happened, horrible things that happened in our nation, horrible things that are happening in the world. There's a lot of bad news, but all of us need to hear this tonight. God has good news for us. Tell yourself, good news. good news. When Jesus was born, it was really good news. Uh, the first verse in Mark in the New Testament says this, Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the gospel. Gospel means good news. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen. There are a lot of people who don't think Jesus Christ is good news because all they've heard is a lot of bad, you know, that he's, you know, but there's good news in Jesus. This, the gospel, it literally means that it is almost too good to be true news, and yet 
It is true. And we grow in our understanding of that as the, the, the longer we are experiencing him. Uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, this is the angel announcing Jesus' birth. And the angel says, I bring you to the shepherds good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. When Paul was preaching in Acts chapter 13, he says in verse 32, and we declare to you glad tidings. The gospel is good news. It's good news to the person full of sin, mistakes, and colossal failures. And the, and the good news is that Jesus came to forgive every sin, every mistake, and every colossal failure that we've made. And all we have to do is receive it. I don't care who you are, that's good news. But it's not the only good news of the gospel. The, the, the good news is not just good news for the unsaved. The gospel or the good news doesn't stop after we get saved. In other words, it's not just about being forgiven. It continues to be good news for us now and every day of our lives. There's so much more to the good news than forgiveness. Every day, listen, every day we as believers need to remind ourselves we are living with good news. Need to remind ourselves this. God has promised to always be with us. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. He has promised to always help help us. The Lord is our helper. Whom shall we fear, right? He has given us help to live life. Thank God. He doesn't just forgive us our sins. He gives us the ability to be able to live life. He helps us living the Christian life. And so uh, we need help. Tell somebody, you need help. No, don't do that. (laughs) Tell yourself, I need help. And that's the good news is there's a lot of help for us. Uh, Michael Horton wrote a book called The Gospel-Driven Life, and he said this. I thought it was great. What we need most, not just at the beginning, but in the middle and at the end of the Christian journey is good news. Someone, I forgot who said this, but they said what we need is to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. And so I know some of you may be well, I'm not a preacher, but we do preach to ourselves. We talk to ourselves. We declare to ourselves all the time through the day. Part of my day, uh, what was being declared was rebel yell, and I had to get that out of my head, you know. And so uh, we need, every one of us, we self-talk, don't we? And we need to practice every day self-talk of the good news of Jesus Christ. Like, I've got the life of God in me. When we gave our lives to Christ, God's life came inside us. Born again, born of the life of God. God's own life lives inside us, and we have to remind ourselves about that. Anybody besides me ever have to remind yourself there's good news? Sometimes the bad news blurs our remembering of the good news. 
2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8 says, Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel. That's, right. That's a great verse. Yes. And he's saying, remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel. And I believe what Paul is saying here is if Jesus can pull off raising from the dead, then he can pull off helping us in whatever it is we need help in. That's the good news. The good news is that the Christian life is a miracle life. It's not just discipline and gutting it out. It is discipline. We do need to have discipline. We need to practice a disciplined life. But we will never pull off living the Christian life by our own willpower. Got to have the power of God, right? The gospel is good news, and the good news is it is a miracle life. God helps us. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. We need to remember that, that it's a miracle life when we're facing bad news. We need to remember the good news when there's bad news around us because we can be forgetful of the good news. We know when we get born again, we know it's good news. Jesus changes our life. Uh, there are so many miracles that have been experienced in this building tonight. I know some of them from you and myself. I know what God said. We know that God's intervened in our lives, but sometimes we just kind of forget or we don't act like it, or we don't talk like it, or think like it, that there's good news. And so listen, that's why church is so important, to remind us of the good news. This reading our Bibles is so important. It's to remind us of the good news. It's why we ought to preach the gospel to ourselves every day to remind us good news. Remind ourselves, Jesus rose from the dead, and if he pulled off raising from the dead, then he can pull off helping us in whatever area it is we need help in. That's good news. Pascal, this was a Christian guy that lived in the 1600s, said that we should make people wish the gospel were true and then show them that it is. Wow, that's cool. I wish I had said that. I just did, <laughs> but I quoted it. It wasn't original. It was a great, great statement. We can, so Roman numeral one, we can and should be growing and knowing who we are in Christ. Colossians chapter one and verse 10 says, and we pray this in order that, now listen to this verse carefully because it's really important. We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord <clears throat> and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. So this is talking about our lifestyle, right? That's right How are we going to do that? Growing in the knowledge of God. We will only pull off living a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing him in every way and bearing fruit in every good work as we grow in the knowledge of him. Because God helps us, right? 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, But grow in grace and knowledge, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
We need to grow in grace, our understanding of grace, and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I think what I'll do is I'll teach, a, uh, maybe sometime soon, another series on growing in grace. And we're talking about growing and knowing. We, uh, we need to grow in grace and our understanding of grace. Grace and knowledge go hand in hand. Our, our, our understanding of, of God and His grace are so critical to us living a successful life. So, tell yourself, that's, I, I believe that. Thank you. We need to know who we are and what we have in Christ. There are numerous phrases that are used throughout the New Testament that tell us who we are in Christ. And there are words that are written over and over throughout the New Testament uh, of who we are in Christ, and that these, the, this is the, the phrases are in Christ, in Him, by Christ Jesus, through Christ, or of Him, by Him, through Him, in whom, by whom, and so on. And they're all through the epistles, the letters in the, in the uh, New Testament. I would encourage you that you might uh, just go through, as you're reading your Bible, uh, underline or circle or draw an arrow to it every time that those phrases are used because it points out important truths about who we are, what we have in Him. Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through Him. Ephesians 3 and verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. And so these are just a sampling of, of some of what we have in Him and through Him. Isn't that good? They'll help us understand who we are and what we have. Who we are in Him as opposed to who we are in us. And I'll explain what I mean by that. If all we can see is who we are in us or what, what we are naturally, we're doomed. <clears throat> but if we can see who we are in Him, we'll be strong, confident, secure, holier, and a lot happier. It's true. Philemon 1 and verse 6 says that the sharing of your faith may become effective, how? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? These, these words were written to every one of us. The acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We need to acknowledge or recognize or know every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. There is a lot of good, there are a lot of good things in us. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, you don't know me very well. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to know. If you have become born again, if you've asked Jesus to come into your life, we are not who we used to be. When we ask Him to come into our hearts, He comes in, 
And, you know, a lot of people talk about baggage, you know. They, you know, they have a lot of baggage. Can I tell you something? We may have had baggage from our past, and, and thankfully, he forgives us and, and all that, and we kind of deal with stuff as we go grow and all that. But when Jesus comes, let me, let me give you a revelation about baggage. When he comes and moves into our heart, he brings a lot of baggage, good baggage, good things. That what our life then is, the Christian life, is allowing him to unpack and reveal to us all the good things that he moved in when he came into our lives. Does that make sense? So baggage, we got all this baggage. Man, man, you have no idea. I have so much baggage. Listen, Jesus, when he came in, he brought a whole new, he brought a whole new bag. There's a song, but I'm not going to trouble you with it. <clears throat> There's a lot of good things inside of you and are growing in knowing him and what he has is so critical. It, it, it's sad that many believers live a less than life when Jesus has given us a more than one. He's giving us life more abundantly, right? We are more than conquerors through him. And so we can grow in knowing. We need, we need to grow in knowing. God help us. And I'll tell you, it's a, it's, a, it's a journey all the way through our lives. We'll never have arrived this side of eternity. There's always new things, fresh things that come to our understanding. And, and you say, man, I've been wrestling and struggling with some stuff for decades. You know what? In him, he can help you with that stuff push out some of the old baggage and unpack the new, right? Okay. Knowledge is power. In Ephesians chapter 19 and verse 20, says to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, to know the unknowable, right? <clears throat> that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then look at verse 20. Now to him. Now when? Uh, as we know the love of Christ, we're filled with the fullness of God now. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Tell yourself, power is working in me. It is. It's the power of God. When we know who we are and what we have in Christ, we become powerful. The ability of God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think uh, according to the power that works in us comes from our knowing. When we discover and learn and rediscover who He is, who He is in us, we become a force to be reckoned with. It's true. Thank you. She believes it. <laughs> now, the opposite of this is also true as well. If we don't know who we are and what we have in Christ, it diminishes us and makes us weak. Yes. 
Ignorance isn't bliss. We lose our edge when we lack understanding. And again, Hosea 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, our nation used to lead in education. We used to be one of the smartest nations in the world. And I looked this up uh, last week. We are now ranked 24th in education among the nations now. That's crazy, isn't it? That's, that's, uh, uh, so what has happened is we have dumbed down our school systems and we're paying the price for it. As a nation, we lose our competitive edge in business and technology because of our dumbing down of our schools. And so, listen, there is a parallel truth here in the spiritual realm. Satan wants to keep people ignorant. He wants people dumbed down. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. But listen, when we are born again, our blind minds are open and we receive the ability to understand. Now say, thank you, Jesus, again. And it's important for us to grow in knowing. In uh, Ephesians chapter 1, I read uh, a little bit ago, uh, uh, verses 18 and 19, but I want to read 17, 18, and 19 again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And this means God opening up our understanding, giving us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Knowledge is power. The knowledge of God, our growing and our understanding of Him releases the power of God in us. When we know who we are, when we know who He is, who we are in Him, we are a force to be reckoned with. Thank you, Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20, Jesus had sent out the 70. They returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give to you authority to trample on, and he's talking about spiritual powers here, serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. These disciples were beginning to understand what they had through Christ, and it resulted in a demonstration of power. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, it says, Now when they saw the boldness and unfettered eloquence of Peter and John, this is in the Amplified Version, and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in the schools, common men with no educational advantages, they marveled and they recognized 
They had been with Jesus. And since they saw the man who had been cured standing there beside them, they could not contradict the fact or say anything in opposition. Now, just before this, I'm going to read the verses here in just a moment. Peter and John had been on their way to a prayer meeting uh, at the temple. And they walked by a man that had been crippled, I think, from birth. And he was begging at, at the gate. And Peter says, look at us. Acts chapter 3, 6 and 8. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. There used to be a chorus that sang walking and leaping and praising God. It's off this guy. And so uh, Peter and and John were going to a prayer meeting. He says, man, I, you know, I, I, you're, I know you're begging. And I, I, you know, no mas, you know, I, nothing. I don't have any money, but I don't have that. But what I do have, I give you. And the man was healed. Peter and John recognized what they had, who they were in him, and the power of God manifested itself. The power of the knowledge of Christ is more than intellectual ability. Now, can somebody say, thank you, Jesus? <laughs> Peter and John, they weren't intellectual giants. Now, I don't believe they, were, they, they, they weren't dummies either. You, have, you just read uh, their uh, epistles and, they, and John's gospel and then later 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. First and Second Peter, they uh, they had uh, uh, minds. I know that they were transformed, but they, it wasn't like. And these people recognized that they weren't they weren't uh, intellectuals. They hadn't been schooled. They hadn't been through the universities and all of that. But they had been with Jesus, and out of what they received from Him and knew who they were in Him, the power of Christ flowed through them. The knowledge of Christ gave them power. Tell yourself, power. Power is the inevitable result when we know who we are and what we have in Christ. Pause, just segue just for a moment here and tell just a, a brief testimony of that. Before I got say before I gave my life to Christ I, I got I gave my life to Christ just a, a little bit before my 19th birthday before that I was a devil <laughs> right, and I, I lived a, uh, you know my teenage years I did what everybody else that I hung around with did and it was stuff and I had I knew a guy in high school a friend that we used to hang around with some that got saved and, I mean, this guy's life was changed. One day he's eating acid, and the next day he's preaching Jesus. And I, I, he blew us all away. And I thought, and he told, talked to us some about it, but I thought in my mind, in my unredeemed uh, mind, well, that's good for him because he was getting ready to be busted and go to a 
prison anyway, you know. And so that's good for him. But I could not see myself living that, the, that life, you know. Just wasn't going to happen. I knew me, and I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't going to live that way. I just wasn't, it wasn't in me, right? And it wasn't. So a uh, year or two, year and a half later, I was in desperate place and asked Christ to come into my life, and I was born again. And I was changed. In a moment of time, my life was changed. I wasn't perfect after I got saved. Still not. Still growing uh, in, in obedience and, and knowledge and all of that. But after I got saved, I, I, I was changed. And so the way I thought about things changed. So right after I got saved, this... Uh, I lived in a little uh, trailer court in Flagstaff, East Flag, at the back side in this little uh, small travel trailer that was old and crummy and cheap. <laughs> so that's why I lived there, single guy. And so right across from me, there was a 12 by 60 mobile home that was set there. And a girl moved in with her mom. She was, uh, I think, I was almost 19. She was 16, 17, somewhere in that. Uh, long blonde hair and pretty. And so she moved in with her mom. I'd, I'd gotten saved two weeks before she moves in. And as soon as I meet her, she's, she's outside of her place. I'm outside of mine. Say hi. She told me her name. I told her my name. And so she, uh, she starts coming on to me. <clears throat> and she says, you know, my mom's really cool, and any old time you just want to come over, come on over, and uh, she doesn't care what I do, and, you know, I mean, and, you know, I'm, I've only been a Christian for several weeks, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, my gosh, man, this, this just, this didn't happen to me every day, you know, back. And so I would like to be able to tell you that the first thought in my mind was, get thee behind me. I, no, I'm not, you know, that. <clears throat> but I've got a feeling that probably what my first thought was, where were you three weeks ago? <laughs> probably. But, but, so here's the difference. Before, when I saw this other guy living for Christ, and I thought, well, that's just him, it's not me. Now, here I'm confronted with something. And I tell her, and it was pretty weak, my witnessing, but I said something to the effect of, you know what, God's moving in my life, and there are things that have changed in me. I'm just, I'm just different. And when I started talking about God, it was just like I dumped a bucket of water on her. And that was it. And she exited stage left. And I went back in that little trailer, and I put on uh, the only pseudo-Christian album that I had. It was Godspell, you know. I wouldn't, I had that from my hippie days. And, and put on that, that song, Day by Day, you know, Day by Day. And I, man, I am rejoicing, and I'm singing that at the top of my voice, you know. Oh, dear Lord, three things I pray to see you more clearly, love you more dearly, follow you more nearly. And I'm just singing and going, because you know what? I realized, again, my life was changed. Yes. I was different. Hallelujah. I got 
Never mind. There's story after story. That little I called that little trailer court Sodom and Gomorrah. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, man. I there were all kind of opportunities for me to backslide in that place. But anyway, God helped me. So God, God helps us, right? He changes us. He helps us. And I telling that story. I I'm not saying that I have lived a a perfect life from that time. I've never had anything that was you know remotely wrong that I've done in those and in, in the years of my life. But I can tell you this, I have grown in knowing and I'm growing in my lifestyle with Christ as the time goes by. And it's a life of a journey, isn't it? So, we can become who He, we are who He says we are. And we can exhibit that or, or express that in our lives the more and more we know who we are and what he's promised. So just as I wrap this up, there's a reason we are challenged. Siri wants to have a conversation with us, I guess. So. <clears throat> There's a reason we're challenged in growing and knowing. And we are, aren't we? We're challenged. The Christian life, we're we're challenged, aren't we? I am, I've been a a Christian for, like I said, a long time. But I'm still, it's still a challenge and decisions and choices and all that. There's a reason we are challenged in growing and knowing Him and who we are. And that is because we become a threat to the powers of darkness when we know who we are. And Satan will do everything that he can to keep us ignorant. I heard about the 11th commandment. Somebody said, the 11th commandment is, thou shalt not be stupid. <laughs> so let's not be dumb. Let's not be stupid. At who we, are. we can grow. And granted, uh, when I first gave my, there, were, there was so much I had to learn because I was really gospel ignorant. I'd gone to church when I was a kid, but I didn't learn anything. It was just rhetoric, and I didn't, you know. So I, I had to learn from the, from the scratch, really. And my life has been that. Now, our lives is that, right? We have to learn and start to allow ourselves to grow. And so uh, you don't have to feel bad about and, and just feel condemned about, oh, I just, I just don't know anything, and I don't. Well, we start where we are and then begin to grow, right? Give yourself the chance to grow in knowing, right? But there's a reason why we get tired or distracted when it's time to read our Bibles, and that's because Satan doesn't want us growing in our knowledge of Christ, there's a reason Satan tries to keep us out of church or from spending time in prayer and meditating on the Lord. And that's because when we know who we are, we are a threat. All of these things that we do, reading our Bibles, praying, going to church, uh, uh, our life with God, learning about and growing in our knowledge uh, helps us become who he has called us to be. And if Satan can keep us ignorant, he will keep us weak and ineffective. But listen to me tonight. We are not weak. 
We are not ineffective in him. We are more than conquerors through him. We have the life of God living in us. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11 gives a warning, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Some of his devices are to keep us from growing in our knowledge of, of, of the Lord and of who we are in him. And so that's the purpose of this class is to give us some insight. The next couple of weeks, I'm going to unpack some of the things of who we are in him. And they are uh, real, uh, powerful, strong truths uh, that help us to live the life of God. We can grow in know, knowing. Grow in our know. Grow. grow. We're, we're growing in knowing, right? Just look at, look at the screen. We are growing and knowing. Let's bow our heads tonight. I want to just lead you in a prayer and confession. And <clears throat> I want you to say this with me. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me good news and helping me to grow in knowing who I am and what I have in you. Because I know you. I have the power to do over and above anything I could think or imagine. I am who you say I am. I have what you say I have. Thank you for that. In your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you give the Lord a clap and just thank him? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Man, it is 7.15. That was a 45-minute just on the spot. That's what my goal was, and I didn't even look at the clock until right now. Wow. That's awesome. See, I'm growing and knowing and all that. God bless you guys. Don't miss next week. Don't miss the weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, uh, 8.30, 10.30 service, and then next Wednesday night. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.